black ice car air fresheners discount bin white socks or festive themed pencils what is the worst stocking stuffer that you can get are these things you've actually received i was pulling off of a list but i have actually gotten some like socks like the the cheap like bad hane socks yeah like the really thin ones that pill yep oh well okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna claim pencils because the pencils i'm imagining are the ones that have like the plastic Plastic wrapping so then you couldn't sharpen them and they, it, whenever were, you tried it, started gumming up the works of your yes, sharpener. Yes, yep. and then they, and then you'd write, and it splinter immediately. And some of them actually split in half. Oh gosh, I'm having flashbacks. <laughs> that was like the worst See, thing. Yeah, that sucks. But it's funny because I feel empowered now because, of course, in my profession, I come across those constantly. And now, unless they belong to a kid, I just like throw them away. I'm just like, nope, this is the stupidest thing ever. These are garbage, which is very empowering. It it does feel like you sort of have the authority over those stupid pencils now of like, you you used to control me with your wiles and your your desirable shapes. And now you're trash. shape was your pencil Kyle <laughs> don't answer that no for your sake don't I mean the that. shapes on the pencil <laughs> the erasers never worked either they just smudged oh, the gosh. lead further oh. they were they were the bad almost plasticky yeah um, like they would tear eraser. through paper constantly yep oh I'm so angry right now good I'm glad that this generated <laughs> that kind of response it's like socks it's like fine you can use them at least for you know a couple weeks until they you know, shred. Um, and like, I don't know what I would do with the, especially black ice. That's the worst yeah, smell. Yeah, that's exactly. Because it doesn't like, what does that smell like? It smells like bad axe. Yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> um, yeah. But like, at the time in which I'm thinking about when I would have received all these things, I wouldn't have had a car yet. So I probably was very sadly would have hung it up in my room. I can picture this. <laughs> I was like a magpie growing up. I hung up everything I could find. <laughs> it is mine now, therefore it is decor. <laughs> it's also super funny because I went to the car wash a few weeks ago, and the one that I went to, like, like you pull up to the window, like it's a fancy car wash, and they ask you what kind of air freshener you want because they just give you a free air freshener, and I was like, I don't. No, I like don't even use air fresheners in my car anymore. So I was just like, I don't know, surprise me. And he gave me black ice. He's like, oh, this is a popular one, <laughs> which is which is funny because I don't think like my parents ever used black ice or anything like that. Like it definitely smelled it before. Like once he handed it to me, I was like, oh yeah, I've I've seen those, yeah. sure. And then it was funny because a solid for a solid week after that, I kept getting in my car and going, what is that smell? <laughs> it's so weird. Why does my car smell? Oh right, of course. Okay. <laughs> So yeah, I don't know. Black ice is is a weird smell. I I do also hate those pencils. They're really dumb and irritating. But I also like cheap socks are kind of like especially if they're just going to wear out in no time. I don't know. It's like an insult. Like, here's a thing you need. 
But, but it's not like not good enough, yeah, right. to, to actually serve you in I any way, fake shape, or form. Out your security. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, we've already said that the pencils are pretty much the exact same thing. Yeah, that's why true. it's hard. Like black ice, I'm like, okay, that that's not great, but it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I would probably still use it, considering I did. But <laughs> I might go pencils because at least you would get a couple wears out of the socks before they were completely disintegrated. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the pencils are just, just, they just don't even function from the get go. There's just no winning there. We're going to have a trifecta. Uh, the pencils, oh. like I always, this says a lot about me. Like I, I l- discovered that I could mimic, like I can't draw from memory very well, but if you put something in front of me, I can mimic pretty well. And I always wanted, like, nice charcoal pencils and things. But growing up the way that we did, like, that was an art supply store luxury. And Sure. Like, well, and also, like, what five-year-old is like, mother, father, I would like charcoal <laughs> pencils, please. I mean, to be fair, it was, like, eight or nine. Oh, but okay. still, like, old enough to where I had an idea of what the things were, but young enough to be like, eh, this is probably just one of your passing phases. like. We know you. Sure. This, like they didn't. We didn't. My brother made fun of me for years, like because every time I would find a new band, it'd be something that someone else liked. And when I discovered pop punk, and I was like, "Yes, I am all about this." Like, who who did you pick this up from? I was like, "No one." Like, I, this I, is mine. This is mine. Like, <laughs> like early aughts pop punk, like Hawk Nelson type stuff. Like it was just like, yeah, yes, well, we'll that is you. my yeah. jam. And but. Yeah, so it that type of thing was just like, yeah, pencils, pencils for me. I think I think one of the reasons why I get so upset is because in our elementary middle school, because the elementary middle school was a combined building, they had installed this very what felt like fancy to us, um, pencil dispenser where you could like put a quarter in and get. You'd have to choose. You could. It was like. The cheapest pencil were those really trash pencils, the plastic. And then you could pay up to, I think, like two bucks for a gel pen. So it was like a range that you get. And it was like a, it was like you you put the coins in and you turn and you get the thing. And so we were, and you could earn quarters, I think, for various like good deeds per quarter or something. I can't quite remember what the deal was. Um, But then also kids would, of course, be supplemented money from their parents. And like, my parents are like, you don't need gel pens. You can't even do your schoolwork in them. These are pointless. Rational <laughs> human beings. Like I completely, right, I right. completely agree with them now. Right. But as a sixth grader, this was a grave injustice because all I right. could afford were those terrible pencils. See, this is also differences in our school. So we had something similar, but they sold it out of the principal's office. Okay. And everyone in my in my class was obsessed with protractors. What? I'm sorry. <laughs> I, what? I don't believe you. I'm, of I, course, of I, course, I, Alan would come not? from the most highbrow elementary school ever. <laughs> we No, no, no. You're misunderstanding the type of protractor. <laughs> We're not talking like actually well-constructed. We're talking the one that has the long stabby utensil on the end of it. Right. That was like the two inch long just yeah. blade. The, yeah, the ones that were typically standard in any classroom yeah, if you the, didn't the have your own. Crap ones. Yeah. Well, they weren't crap. They were just really sharp. Yes. And I think that was part <laughs> of it. Uh yeah, for some so, reason everyone okay. was obsessed with them. 
I've misbranded it. It's actually like the the cutthroat elementary school where everybody is busting their protractors to make shivs. Yeah, is that what he I'm went hearing? To juvie. <laughs> <laughs> See, the the funny thing the, the in I actually haven't thought about this in years. Um this explains so much and this will explain so much to you guys too. Oh, in no. the midst of all of that, uh, I got a cold and you know those red uh the cherry cough drops yeah that are almost like candy um i started selling them to try to get money to be able to buy one of these myself (laughs) until the teacher (laughs) caught me selling (laughs) what was wrong with your school that people paid you money i know right for cherry cough drops yep it was i think it was totally like 25 cents were you in prison? <laughs> no, it just was hysterical. I actually kind of get this, though, because when I was in middle school, one of my buddies and I tried to start like an underground smuggling ring for gum. Even though there was nothing underground or smuggling about it. That was just like, of course, we were huge Star Wars fans. Sure. So he was the Empire and I was Black Sun, which is... A criminal organization in Star Wars. Of course, of course, you did. And so that was just my whole thing. It was like I, I'm going to, I'm going to be the smuggler. I'm going to smuggle this gum to people, and you're going to try and catch me. And it was just like a stupid, like seventh grade boy game that lasted for probably a week, but it just always sticks out in my memory as this like ridiculous thing that we did. And we just kept trying to sell sell sticks of gum for people to people. For no reason. Like, we didn't even do anything with the money except for maybe buy more gum. I didn't have any sort of, like, entrepreneurial spirit. I did play poker at lunch, though, until we were caught. And that's about (laughs) the extent of my money-making scheme. But, like, I feel like compared to what you guys are describing, I went to some sort of weird elitist public school that doesn't exist. (laughs) (laughs) Because what you're describing is so bizarre to me. Like, like, trust me, I got <laughs> shut down after, like, half a day. I made, like, two and a half bucks, and I'd sold, like, half of my bag of cough drops. And the teacher called me, he's like, you can't sell those. Those are medicine. I was like, it's fine. Like, it's fine. There, like, thinking about it, there was a year, I think it was fourth grade, when people were trying to sell their Pokemon yes. cards. Pokemon that, cards that got was, like, banned everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. in our oh, elementary yeah. school. And that I was a thing. And I didn't want to sell mine. Because I liked Pokemon, um, so I wanted to keep them. But that was like the extent of any sort of like trade happening. Yeah, no, that's it's it's just a thing that happened. Yeah, I, I definitely don't remember anyone selling drugs for shivs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hello, Mampersands. This is episode 163 of the MinMax podcast, and we are in the in-between week of Christmas and New Year's. This will, in fact, be dropping on New Year's Eve. So I'm, I learned a new um, terminology or new term for this week. Separation week? No, I've not heard that. Business um, term is separation week. Okay. Um, no, I'm on Kelly C. DeConnick's, um, like Baby Sharks, uh, text chain. Sure. Uh, thank you, Paige from Gilmore Ballsy for turning me on to that. And, uh, 
she Kelly Sue DeConnick refers to it as liminal week, which is a nice poetic way to talk about this really bizarre space between Christmas and New Year's where everyone's kind of like impending sense of either doom or anticipation. Depending. Sure. That's definitely better. Like separation week sometimes in the business area or at least in the entrepreneurial space is a lot of people take this whole week off. Mm-hmm. And if you strategically use it, you can like jumpstart the year. Like if you do your ad spend right, or if you like maneuver position it, you can use it as a way to kind of just sprint in versus kind of lulling at the end of the year. You can kind of put your head down and just go. Sure. And so you hit the ground absolutely flat out running. So it, yeah, just, I, I like, I like, liminal week i like that that's that's got a nice ring to it yeah it makes me feel like i'm in like a space tunnel i could see that i don't think you can you hesitated too long i I thought you were just gonna say i don't think you can see the tunnel i was like well i'm not in space (laughs) (gasps) this week we are going to be discussing some gifts and things but not the gifts that we received this week, though they might come up. We are going to be discussing gifts from our childhood that shaped us and informed our nerddom. Ashley, I'm going to hand off the baton to you as this was your kind of brainchild. Sure. Man, there are so many gifts that I really, really loved receiving as a child that definitely shaped who I became. Um, The first one that came to mind, I think probably just because it was a topic several episodes ago, was I had a kick-action Kimmy Power Ranger doll (laughs) where she had a button on the back that Uh you'd press and she'd just do a front kick over and over again. Um, That was a great toy. It (laughs) It was before I understood what a nail file did, though, and I thought the <laughs> and I thought the the buffing side of a nail file because I I remember distinctly asking my mom, "What's this side for?" I never see use it. She's like, "Oh, it's to buff your nails." I'm like, what does that mean? And she's like, "It's to make them shiny." So I thought, "Oh no! Oh, <laughs> if I use this on my plastic toy, it'll just clean her up a bit." So there was like just a little oh, part no. of her face shield where, like, the the black face shield part was just like slightly worn away because I learned very quickly, like, <laughs> "Oh no, this is taking the paint off. This is dumb." So lesson learned. <laughs> but <laughs> it is now definitively no one can claim that Power Rangers action figure that is mine. Because I made my mark on it. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> oh gosh, it was such a me thing to do. Um, so that was a that was a great toy that I really loved. Um, Did you get your? This is another callback to several. Well, this would have been earlier in quarantine. In the quarantine episodes, um, we have mentioned your godforsaken Furby. Was that a Christmas present at it some was, point? Because it was a Christmas Furby. Oh, I knew that was coming up. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say we know <laughs> as we. I'm gonna have to link back to whatever episode that was because we've discovered that this may be the center of all of Ashley's neuroses. <laughs> a little bit. Anything AI, uh, I, I swiftly turned my back on. 
<laughs> after this experience. Like met, uh, metaphorically speaking, you would never lose eye contact with a Furby because you never knew where it was going to pop up in the room. Oh, yeah. No, no. I need to know where these things are at at all It's time. like an episode of Blink and Doctor Who, except replaced... <laughs> Oh my gosh, that would be the most horrifying supercut. Replace all the angels in Blink with Furbies. That would be really scary. <laughs> Truly. Because well, I even remember when Furbies came out and they had like the mini Furbies that they sold yep. in Happy Meals and stuff. And yep. people were going nuts mm-hmm. for those. Um, so yeah, so I I was like in the... The, just like I didn't I wasn't early in the Furby phase I wanted a Furby early on but they were still like wildly Super expensive. expensive yeah so I didn't right. I didn't actually get gifted a, a Furby until like midway through the craze when they were starting to come down in price and they were trying to like pull out different novelties to get people to still be interested right. so I got the Christmas Furby which was entirely red including red eyes oh no with a with a, with a, a christmas cap at a jaunty little angle um <laughs> and like upon receiving the gift i was wildly excited because it was a furby that i'd been waiting for for forever uh-huh. and it didn't look like right. any of the other girls in girl scout troop 257 it didn't look like a furby <laughs> they had um so i was i was thrilled um but then you know as with any kid playing with my toys Furby got kicked underneath my bed. Didn't think about it again for a long time until the battery started to die on it and it started to function on its own underneath my bed <laughs> in the middle of the night. <laughs> so um, I really regretted teaching it any English. <sighs> Would it have been better if you taught it a different language? It's just, it's just you know, you don't want to hear... Feed me at 3 a.m. <laughs> no, I can see where that would be disconcerting. Me hungry. No, you're not. You're dead. That's what you are. <laughs> Rip those batteries out real quick. Oh, that was such a weird, creepy thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's oh, like, my it mixed, gosh. It those mixed, were so. You know, gremlins with like Teletubbies in a weird way. Yeah. And there were yeah. like there was like a series of robot pets. Like it was like they went from the Gigapet right. and the Tamagotchi which were like wonderful and sort of like um sort of manageable toys because they didn't make too much noise. Like granted there was a ban on those in school like in 3rd grade I remember specifically pretty thoroughly, but um I'll come you back know, to they're, that. They're they're keychain. It's not a big deal. I will too, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I'm sure I'm sure the three of us have some stories about. Say, I've got a story from my high school of a thing that happened. Oh, I can't. Oh, wait. I think I actually know I, about you may this. Know this. I don't think I've talked about it on the podcast, but it's epic. <laughs> but um. But yeah, there was like a string of those like robotic pets suddenly. Yeah. My, bro- my brother. The dog. Yeah. My brother had a version of that dog, and like the dog was kind of cute because it. It was obviously, it was very obviously not a real dog. It was, you know, ki- it was shiny and chrome. It was kind of like a child version of Astro kind from of, the yeah. Jetsons. Yeah, and it like had a repetitive series of actions. Yeah. Um, whereas a Furby felt a little too randomized for my taste. There really was no predicting that mofo. Um, so that probably, <laughs> that doesn't so much inform my nerd dumb so much as many of my neuroses. <laughs> yeah. 
and and rightly so. I mean, that's probably why half of the the problems exist within the millennial generation, right? Like we all got Furbies <laughs> as a kid, and it screwed us up for life because those <laughs> things were just like nightmare fuel incarnate. <laughs> Especially when they started glitching and talking to you and talking to you when they weren't supposed to. Right. I think that's. I'm wondering now if that's why so many millennials are as attached to their actual pets as they are. Because right. They're like trying to make up for the failed, fake pet ownership they had growing up. <laughs> huh. I'll, I'll never forget to feed you again. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. See, I never, oh, dear. I never had a Furby. Uh, so I, count your blessings, sir. <laughs> yeah, seriously though. So my birthday is within three weeks of Christmas. So as one does when that happens, your birthday and Christmas tend to get lumped. Okay. So it's kind of one um, spending spree, if you will. So you get presents. And my aunt and uncle probably did this the best, and it explains so much. Um, in two thousand or not two thousand, so sorry. In nineteen ninety five, in the winter of nineteen ninety five, a little animated feature film by Pixar came out called Toy Story, <laughs> and I was absolutely obsessed with Buzz Lightyear just absolutely obsessed like i liked i actually liked woody a little bit more but the like mechanics of buzz like that i i loved everything so about it you wanted it. to be buzz but have yes so my aunt and uncle went out and they went out everywhere at this point they were living in illinois they um they went over into iowa they had to go into iowa city to find what they managed to find one left. And so for that Christmas, I got a Buzz Lightyear. And so for the next several years, I still had it into college. Like, I don't know where it ended up. Uh, I think at some point it must have gotten put in a rummage sale somewhere. Sure. But um, I had, like, this Buzz Lightyear action figure. Like, the large one that... um. When you press the has. red button and you yeah like pops the wings out mm -hmm. like it was yep. like yeah. it was yep. so good ryan had the same one growing up i was i, it, did, it, I did too it was so exciting like that was arguably one of the best presents i ever got as a child second only to the set of um fake six shooters that i got where i could play cowboy all the time <laughs> and i i wanted nothing more than to be a cowboy for the longest period well into my teens and could spin toy pistols like nobody's business i loved them so much it informed my love of westerns it really it makes the more you talk about your childhood it really makes me uncomfortable how many things you have in common with my brother because you seriously if we had grown up in the same hometown, you guys would have been such good friends. Oh, I'm sure. Because <laughs> you sound like you have all the same hobbies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Kyle, what gosh. about you? What are what is something that kind of comes to mind? 
Oh, okay. So it's kind of, it's it's not really in the vein of Furbies, but just in the general like 90s noise making toys. So um, it was something very similar to like um, Bop It or there was another one I feel like. Um, but just like in that, that vein of like, it's a game, you pass it around, you know, you do different things, but it was uh-huh. called brain warp. I think it was called. Yes. Brain warp. yes. Oh my gosh. I have yeah, that too. Okay, you, so you guys know what this Get is. Ready yes. Okay. For brain warp. Yes. Select game. Select game. <laughs> and that was like Furby's in the sense of you would stop playing and you would put it down just long enough to forget that you had touched it. And then it would talk to you again too and ask yes. you if you were done. Right. And it always made everybody in the room jump because everybody forgot it was a thing and never saw that coming. And that was really the only thing that really stands out aside from the fact that it was actually a pretty fun game. But yeah. that's one of the big ones. I'm not a hundred percent sure it was a Christmas gift though. I think it was in fact, actually I'm, I'm, I am pretty certain it's a Christmas gift because I really distinctly remember playing with it at my grandparents' house in Minnesota. And I don't know why I would have had it there if it weren't for like, if we hadn't, I hadn't gotten it as a Christmas present while we were there one year. So. Yeah. We, we, I remember us getting brain warp for Christmas as well. Cause we stood in the living room. I swear for like an hour passing it back and forth, playing the group games. Right. Um, and I remember bringing it to a camp I worked at once because none of the kids would have known what it was. So by that time, it was like enough of a novelty that they're like, let's play Brain Warp. That game was fun. I'm like, yes, absolutely. I will share my childhood (laughs) possessions with you. Um, I actually, I'm not 100% sure, but that was one that that like stuck out enough for me that I'm pretty sure I have it in a box somewhere to this day. Like. We have to figure out a way it's around to have somewhere. two brain warp games going at the same time. That will be the real trick. Oh man, that would be nuts. <laughs> that would be. Oh, trying to like single out the sound so you focus on the one that is in your hands. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Seems like something that somebody who is an electrical engineer with either a Raspberry Pi or something like that could hardwire to talk to each other over the internet. Oh, like that'd I feel be like fascinating. That's... That's a project that someone should do. Somebody please come up with some brain warp mods because this this game's too good to let go. <laughs> it really was though. It it was so much. It was it was superior to the bop it. Have to say, neighbors oh, yeah, got the bop it, and I was like, absolutely. what's this piece of junk? <laughs> I pull out brain warp. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna Heck yeah. pogo stick on over to your place with my brain warp, and then we'll see who got the better Christmas gift. Now it's getting slightly creepy. How similar, at least in this one very specific <laughs> way, you and I were, Ashley. Okay, so I have to ask you: Did you guys ever dream up a toy that you were convinced? existed i dreamed up many things i was convinced existed i am certain i came up with many words that are not in the english language so go on so i at one point i couldn't have been more than six or seven i dreamt that i had a toy blue jackhammer (laughs) (laughs) it was it was like a fisher price jackhammer that had like actual like repetitive jackhammer motion sure and i wouldn't let it go 
like okay forced my mom to go all over DeKalb looking for it and of course it didn't exist anywhere and I was like breaking down in the store like but like I vaguely remember a toy jackhammer see, from I'm Fisher sure, Price existing. I'm sure that it probably did but it's just one of those things that I locked I don't know where I would have seen it but I locked into it but I I'm going to be 31 in January, like, and I still have this visceral memory of being absolutely, like, gutted that we could not find this. I think she pacified me with some Dunkaroos. Like, I think that's, I think that's how we managed. Every 90 kids pacifier Dunkaroos. I'm pretty sure we bought a yes. box and I cracked them in the cart and was eating them in the store because I was just that upset. That's incredible. Oh, gosh. Oh, man. See, <sighs> so you've sent me down the rabbit hole because there's the bu- I've gotten a bunch of gifts that have both informed my nerdiness and explain me quite a bit. Like my brother and I, we were late to the computer to the personal computer game, so like we got one probably. Uh, the well, the first one we got was DOS based, so we learned I learned how to navigate DOS at like five or six years old to be able to play like Oregon Trail and uh, oh shoot, what's the math? Was it called Math Wars? And was it like space themed? And that you were a little guy running around solving simple math problems to. Something I like think that. So. I think you're right. There was also letter wars or something. Yeah, I remember or the gra- letter. Maybe it was grammar wars. I don't remember something. grammar wars. I remember the math one really stressing me out because I was pretty terrible at like time sensitive math. Sure. Stuff. So that would always just like make me break out in a cold sweat. Yeah, I just remember doing that. But I, I start there because. Then we got upgraded because my uncle was a uh, computer engineer for John Deere. And so they always had computers rotating through their house. Like they always were building and upgrading. And so we got a Windows 3.1 computer, which was compatible (laughs) with a CD-ROM drive. And so for Christmas, my brother and I got a CD-ROM drive and a game. Except we accidentally came across the game first. And so we opened it up and it was called Civil War. And basically it was like a RTS game to where you played as the North and the South and you were just trying to basically play civilization. But it was Civil War. And um, as soon as we opened the CD, we both lost our ever loving minds. And then my dad started laughing and like found this super heavy box that contained the CD ROM. But then it had to sit for like six weeks because my uncle had to come up and help us install it because neither of us knew what we were doing at that point. <laughs> <laughs> when when was so was when was the first time either of you had a computer in the house that you can remember? Because I remember getting a computer that was like the family computer was kind of an event for us and it was a Christmas gift. Um I was probably 6 or 7 and we got we got a the DOS it was a 386 huh. DOS system. 
and basically got it for basic word processing. We got a um, old, um, shoot, whatchamacallit printer, a dot matrix printer mm -hmm. at the same time. So then we could print, do basic word composition yeah. on it. And, but of course I didn't do anything like that. Like it, the, the soul, the machine's sole existence to me was Oregon Trail. And <laughs> I played that countless hours and, oh, you know, made the tombstones that say, what would you like to say in your tombstone? Pepperoni and cheese, please. And s sausage hold the mushrooms because they were tombstones. <laughs> did, did all first and second graders in the 90s have the same joke? Yes. <laughs> Probably. Shared life experience. We all died of dysentery at least 10 times. Oh, yeah. I've seen things. <laughs> See, I think I was a little behind the times on, on Oregon Trail because I don't remember ever really playing it that much. Um, I, I'm trying to think because... I feel like we must have had a computer by the time I was probably about seven, but I don't really remember using it until I was maybe closer to like nine or 10. But I feel like it was in the house like for a while, like my mom needed it. And so she was using it before like I was ever allowed to touch it. Um, so I think I probably would have been like around nine ish by the time I ever actually got to like sit down and actually use it mm -hmm. and, and play games on it and stuff. Um, and it was, I don't, I don't think it was even a windows 98. I mean, maybe the first one we had was, but the first one that sticks out in my mind was, was a windows Vista machine, which feels like it should have been a lot longer ago. I don't know. I, I might be Time just like jumbling moves. a lot of a lot of memories because I that doesn't feel right to me. But anyway, sure. yeah, I, I remember, I remember. I think I think we got uh, like a hand me down computer from some family for a bit that like it had I think probably the most basic of word processing, and then that one um, skiing game downhill yeah downhill ski where, where you I never literally yeah. was talking yeah. about this today were you really yes oh that was such a fun one but like you i could never make it past the, the abominable yeah snowman yeah so quick i i never understood how you beat that game um and i would go and we we kept it like in the hottest room in our house upstairs Oof. i think in, intentionally to try to to keep us from wanting to be on it um but i'd always want to play the, the skiing game um, but we didn't get like a computer that was for everyone to use that actually had multiple programs and stuff until I was like 13 and it came, it was windows 98 and it came with the big, um, cow patterned, like the gateway binder. Yeah. Of, of CD-ROM yep. games and stuff. So mm. we'd like maybe speak in teachers typing. Um, we had this like I spy game for my, for my brother. We had Oregon Trail and Amazon Trail. I forgot about Amazon Trail. Yeah. yeah, actually, I think I played Amazon Trail way more. I think I had Amazon Trail and I never had yeah. Oregon Trail. So I like played the, a fair amount of, of Amazon Trail. The like original fishing grind. Like that's the constant just <laughs> catching fish. Yes. Figuring oh, out man, what was I that all about. Oh my gosh, that. I haven't thought about that in forever. Yeah. And that was like 
a major gift. Every like we were all kind of obsessed with this computer because there was just so much we could do on it. I was obsessed, oddly enough, with the encyclopedia because there was a whole languages section, almost like Duolingo before there was Duolingo. Yeah, where we could learn um, how to count, and there was like a, a limited number of phrases and stuff. Um, so my brother and I were, well, I was trying to learn Irish Gaelic at the time and I'm sure my brother picked <laughs> up on that and then started doing it. <laughs> Cause like, why not? You know, of, of course you were, of course you were. <laughs> what else would young Ashley be doing? <laughs> well, I was, I was 13. So like I, I, I knew enough to, to kind of like have an idea of what I thought would be cool to know. Unfortunately, my peers did not. Uh, did not find that very interesting. Shocker. I mean, they were objectively wrong, but... I agree. I agree. The fact that I could count to 10 in Irish Gaelic by the time I was 13, um, I think, was pretty impressive. Uh, a mad demonstration of skill. Unfortunately, <laughs> that was not where the social capital was at those days. <laughs> See, I remember playing... Um, where in the world was Carmen San Diego? Except yeah. this is when it had its own specialized like encyclopedia that it came with. Yes. That was a hardback. Yeah. And we would you would have to go to you'd have to reference certain pages in a time frame. Yes. And come up with an answer based on your ability to find it. Yeah. Carmen San Diego games were honestly really, I think, ahead of their time. Like they really did a great job of making them educational, but also very interesting yeah. narratively um, and, and compelling, like as far as the actual gaming components. were. See, concerned. And I remember a couple of years ago, um, they launched a Google browser version yes. of it. And I lost my ever loving mind. I think we all did. That was just fun. Yeah. I remember I was at the studio when I found it and I, I lost a solid hour. I think you sent me a link to it. I think this might've been <laughs> early days of Slack. Like this might've been early so. days of the Slack community. I think I dropped <laughs> it in there. And was just like, guys, this is incredible. This is very cool. Whatever happened to that? Uh, I'm sure it probably still exists, but it's faded from memory. I'll have to see if I can find it. And I'll drop a link into the show notes. Um, yeah. And just thinking about these things. Like my grandmother. Wait, did your families used to get together and do big family Christmas? Um, We used to when my paternal grandparents still lived in the same town I grew up in. That became significantly harder to do when we were all like sp spread out. Sure. Um, but both sides kind of had their own their own family Christmases, um, which was always fun because then everyone would compare toys and stuff. Yeah, we used to get together because my dad had um, five living brothers. He was one of seven. And so the six brothers and all the families would get together for the longest time while my grandparents were still alive. And so there was all 18, 19 of us cousins, plus all the aunts and uncles, like we would all be there. And uh, every, depending on the year, they basically everyone would just draw names out of the hat. Mm -hmm. And so you'd, you would get gifts from different members of the family. So my grandmother got me and she bought me and I can't reach it right now, but I have a very, very tiny child size classical guitar in the closet. And she bought me that when I was like eight. It's honestly probably the only guitar that will fit my tiny baby hands. 
<laughs> I think it actually, which is saying something 25 years later, I think it has the original set of strings on it. Like, they're in terrible shape, but they were nylon classical strings, so they last a long time, kind of, except the metal ones are long dead. Sure. But, um, yeah. yeah, I have that just sitting in there, and music became such a big part of my life in my 20s. Like, from 18 until 22, I gigged out and played. Like, I did 10 years of worship, leading worship at the church we were at. Like, I, I started playing guitar at, like, 12 or 13 before I could drive myself. And the at the time, it, it makes perfect sense. Like, the senior pastor's like, no, Alan, you're not playing guitar. We need Tim. And at one point, the, the, guitar, the guy who typically led guitar was sick. And his guitar was there, and I was like, I can play it. And they're like, okay, I mean, just just practice. And then I played it, and I played it well. And they're like, oh, okay, well, yeah, you can play anytime you want. That's fine. <laughs> and like, was openly shocked that at like 14, 15, I could hang. And it was like, okay. And then from then on, like, I learned that the guy I ended up in a band with and learned with, like, went to school for music at Augustana, like... Uh, mm. John Mayer fame Augustana and like it just he he has forgotten more in the 80s from all of the alcoholism and drugs that he did by his own admission that most people ever know like he's the type of guy who can hear an Eddie Van Halen solo and listen to it twice and play it like it's just that level gross skill playing behind mm. him so it's just like music became such a big part of my life and even it still is like I'm still playing. I still play quite some. I picked it more back up in the past year or so than I have. We've had more time to be able to do and so. space and we've actually have equipment. Been, we've we've been a little busy. It's true. <laughs> kind of hard to move internationally with a with a guitar and all of the other things you need to live. <laughs> oh, yeah, God. the guitar. One of the guitars was always a second trip plan for when we were in the UK. Sure. Sure it was. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Oh my gosh. You guys, you mentioned a, a little bit ago, well, it feels like forever ago now, we've covered so much ground. Um, like uh-huh. Hamagachis and, and um, <clears throat> Gigapets and such. So I know you have a story, yeah. Alan. Let Kyle go first. Yeah, Kyle, do you have experiences with such uh, toys? Yes, absolutely. So the one that stands out because it was so unique and and like even to like all the other kids, like this was like a how did you even find that? That's insane. So you guys know the show Rugrats, right? Yeah. Yes. Oh, the reptar with one? the babies. The Reptar Gigapet. I had the Reptar Gigapet, and I was like the only one. And it was it was crazy because I got it as a party favor for like a friend in like second <laughs> grade, who like I I I wasn't even like that close to her. It was just one of those like she thought I was cool in second grade, so she invited me to her birthday party, like second graders yep. do. And so I go to this birthday party, and I get a Gigapet, a Reptar Gigapet, as a party favor. And like everybody thought it was the coolest thing ever. And I remember, like, I played with it forever. Um, but I remember at one point I took it to school, and then um, 
I lost it or somebody oh, stole no. it or something like yeah. that. And I got it back. So that was the that was a good part is is they they found it. Somebody had taken it, um, but the teacher found it and gave it back to me. Um, and I think it was actually because of that event specifically um, that uh, that stuff was was banned from the school afterwards. They were just like, yeah, just don't bring these to school anymore, please. Um, but yeah, no, that that Reptar Gigapet was like the coolest thing ever when I was in second grade. Yes. I remember that one. Yep. I vaguely yep. remember when that I'm glad came. you guys do because Yeah. It it feels like one of those things that like I said, it was like nobody else had ever seen them or or like even knew that it existed. So it always felt like this incredibly unique, cool, like mystical thing. And it still kind of does. Like I think back on it and it feels like I was like the holder of the sacred relic that everybody else wished they could have had. Um, but despite the fact that apparently other people had it too, which actually makes me feel better as an adult, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I, I still have all of my sort of like po- pocket pets um, in a yeah. box somewhere because I just had them with like I think a bunch of keychains I was collecting when I was a kid. So I had sure. the orange Tamagotchi, um, which was the one that was the most compelling to me because it was the hardest one to evolve all the way through. Then I had mm. the yellow Gigapet with pink buttons that I believe was a puppy. Um, and that vaguely was, remembering this, yeah, and that was like fine but it was too much like a real pet and i liked the alien tamagotchi thing more yeah i Um, think i had i think i had a tamagotchi yeah um and then and then i don't know if you guys remember this when the pikachu pocket pocket, pikachu yes yes came out that you could clip on your belt yeah and it was like a step counter which see has some problematic it's implications the Pikachu for children pedometer. But yeah um but kids would always just like sit instead of walking anywhere just like with um pokemon go they they would just sit and <laughs> shake it yep and that's definitely what i did <laughs> i was like it's wisconsin in january where am i gonna be walking with this thing i'm gonna sit on my couch thank you and drive my parents insane Yep. Yep. See, okay. I never had the Pikachu one, but I had Digivices, which were exactly the same thing, oh, but I it was Digimon. about Digivices. As much as I was more of a fan of Pokemon, ultimately, I also just loved Digimon. So I had Digivices. It's actually funny because the like second generation Digivices, my, my friend Kevin and I both had one and we would like pass them back and forth. And I think at some point a long time ago, I, I ended up selling mine, but he ended up with two. So then at some point we got back into it as like high schoolers and we're like, this is still a stupid, cool thing. Let's keep playing with these. So I still had them. And if I remember right, I actually gave them to our friend Celia when I was in Chicago because I had a bunch of like Digimon stuff and she's That's a big Digimon right. fan. I forgot and my, about that. My parents were clearing out their house. So I was like, hey Celia, do you want all this Digimon stuff? And she was like, heck yeah. So I think she, I mean, as far as I know, she has them. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'd forgotten all about that. Yep. Because that was a but really Digivices were the jam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny because there weren't a lot of people interested in or even familiar with um digimon in our hometown growing up 
it was like a well i mean this makes sense now because you are a, a year a, a couple years younger than me but it was like such a right. distinct rift between like the older pokemon crew and then the younger digimon <laughs> crew <laughs> that was like we're cooler we got into this well before you. Digimon's a new thing, and everyone knows that new things are faux pas, um, <laughs> which is hilarious to think back on now that we thought we were sophisticated right. for liking Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, see, I never was good yep. about. I would lose patience with Tamagotchis and things. Like, I just, I, if you can imagine. Something that you have to sit there and really care for and maintain and remember to go back to to feed. And so, like, I was not good at that as a child. Um, but that, however, is not my Tamagotchi story. So my Tamagotchi story is uh, I, I'm retelling a story that my brother witnessed because it was a magical moment. So in our high school, there was a science teacher whose name was Byron Can, spelled with two N's. And Byron Can was known for many things. If you wanted to avoid tests, you needed to do one of two things. Get him talking about uh, Canada or weed. (laughs) If you did that, you could successfully get him off tests. I tested this and managed to get a test delayed by bringing up Canada. You are not doing a good job of... (laughs) discouraging the belief that you did go to a prison school. <laughs> like the longer you talk about your childhood, the more my mind sounds as privileged as heck. See, but this is also the same science teacher that helped me extract chlorophyll from leaves because I was became fascinated with were chlorophyll. Were they pot leaves? No, they were not. They okay. were just regular <laughs> leaves. Um, however, back to Byron Can. So, um, in the heyday of the Tamagotchi phase, there was obviously the ban in schools. Yeah. And if they went off in class, you had to turn them in. So, several months into this, I want to say this was winter of like the big Tamagotchi season. Byron had had enough. And one of the like straight A students theirs went off. And Byron snapped just a little bit. So he had her bring it forward. He proceeded to then take it from her, grab a beaker of water, and dunk it repeatedly while laughing maniacally like a mad scientist just (laughs) completely frying and short-circuiting i i cannot imagine the conversation with that girl's parents i can't either like knowing them and knowing her like it it would have been interesting to say the least because on the one hand Sure, shouldn't have a toy in class. Annoying, especially if it had the sound on. On the other, <laughs> willful destruction of property. <laughs> oh, yeah. it also didn't hurt that oh. she was also on the quiz bowl team that he coached, and like was very well known and knew better 
and I'm sure, sure had been repeatedly warned and told like he wasn't one to snap like that very often. And I only heard of the one story <laughs> and, but it kind of took on mythic proportions. But yes, I also did in fact test the, can I get him talking about Canada long enough to delay the start of a test to where he can't actually give us the test because we will not complete it within the allotted time frame and successfully got him to have to push a test. See, we, we had a geography <laughs> teacher in high school who was that. He always wanted to talk about Banff, Canada, because he loved... Banff is beautiful. Because he wanted to vacation there all the time. And so if you got him talking about Banff, that's everything was out. The, the whole agenda was gone. Banff is also a Fairmont hotel, just saying. Beautiful. Y- yes, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> our chemistry teacher, you could keep from doing anything productive by asking pointless questions. And I, in fact, stalled a very intense exam uh, by asking him if it was possible to reverse bleach something. Is that the dumbest <laughs> question you could ever ask? Yeah. Did we talk about it the entire hour? Yeah, and I was that day's hero. See, that was, that's the difference between you and I. Everyone hated me because I was ready for the test and decided I was just going to try this as an experiment to see if I could actually succeed in doing it. And everyone was pissed because they'd been cramming the whole day before and the whole night before to try to pass this test because I think it was a biology class and he was notoriously hard. And I just got, I just got the test pushed. And th- at that point, we were on block scheduling too, so it was oh, a full, no. it was a full two days oh, later. Oh gosh, I would have hated you too. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I just walked out of the class, and just like, yes, I have managed to do it. See, I, as much as I'm, I'm sorry to admit this as, as an adult, and I had learned better by high school, so I never did anything like this in like high school or middle school, but like as an elementary school kid and the, the son of a teacher, I was that kid who would like, when the other kids would try to pull shenanigans with the substitute, the substitute would look at me and I'd be like, yeah, no, dude, they're, they're, they're full of crap. Like, that's not how this works. And they know it. <laughs> So of course the other kids are like, "Oh, Cole, you're such a teacher's pet." Well, yeah, that's that. I'm sorry, guys. No, it's I'm how a I'm hardwired. Teacher's pet. Did you guys yeah. ever know the substitute teachers and personally a teacher's child. outside of your school system when they came in? Oh no, yucky! Gross. I did actually. One of them was my youth pastor. For One a while. of them was my firearms instructor when I took the hunter's oh, safety dear. course. So all of a sudden, I just and Steve. Drove a super tiny car, like think like a Ford Fiat. Steve was six eight and two sixty. <laughs> he drove the tiniest car and was a giant of a man, and had just this super deep voice and had like the beard and everything. So I walk into my math class one day and he's there, and I'm just like, "Hi, Steve," and he was just like, "Hello, Alan. Today you need to call me Mr. Berg," and I'm like, "Okay, Mr. Berg." <laughs> See, I can I can imagine this happening. I can do you one better though. I didn't know my substitute teachers outside of school. I did know the school grounds police officers by name though, because we'd have them over for dinner and such. So it'd be oh, like, yeah. oh hey Becky, I mean Officer Becky. <laughs> like, 
I also was the, as you guys probably could um, imagine, while I did, like, I respected all adults, I didn't quite understand the titles that were given to them, like Mr. and Mrs., like what for some, you didn't understand them. Like, was this a willful misunderstanding? <laughs> no. Like, when someone was introduced as like Mr. Palmer, like my elementary yeah. school um, principal, um, that was nice. But then I learned what his first name was, and so walking down the hallway as like a third grader, I walked up to the high school to the principal. Was like, "Hello, Bob," and he just kind of was just <laughs> like, "No." He was like, it's Mr. Palmer. And I'm just like, okay. Like, I was deflated. I was like, I learned your name. I feel like I, I did a thing. No, I did. I never. Every, people still are Mr. and Mrs. until they correct me. <laughs> Sir or ma'am, until you're friends. We, like, that. that's, it's such a weird thing being on the opposite side of that spectrum now, too, because we have the kids call us Mr. and Mrs. And we use our first names. So I'm mm. Mr. Kyle. But it's it's just kind of a funny thing because the idea is, of course, to to nurture the respect factor and Absolutely. you know kind of keep that professional distance and whatnot. But it's so funny because now the kids, like they know me and they know that that's not really like... <clears throat> Like, I'm not really that rigid. Like, I enforce it, but I also chuckle when they intentionally get my name wrong, you know, and things like that. So they're constantly, like, pulling little, like, like, hey, Mrs. Kyle. And that's usually, like, the second graders. <laughs> like, the second grade boys who think it's so funny that are like, hey, Mrs. Kyle, it's, In response it's Mr. To Kyle. Them, you should say that's Selena sure, Kyle Mrs. to Kyle. you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but that would go over their heads, which would make me laugh, and then they look at me like I'm crazy, which doesn't stop me most of the time, but... Man, I just... You know, guys, I just... I got so many toys growing up, and I was so loved. It's really hard to know which one toy shaped me. Yeah, I was just going to say, you remember how this episode started off being about toys? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we devolved into remembering childhood. Yep. Mm-hmm. So to there be was fair, one, we, there though. was a logical progression. We started talking about getting like Tamagotchis and things as presents, and then that led right, down the Tamagotchi right. trail. Not to be confused. There is one for me though that that has to have an honorable mention because it it definitely thoroughly shaped my nerdiness more than probably any other toy I ever received. And it, it doesn't really stand out as a Christmas gift, although I know there were a couple really cool ones that I got as Christmas gifts, yeah. but Legos were yeah. like the number one thing to shape my childhood, right? And I can remember the couple that I did get for Christmas because there was one that was like a space shuttle set that was really super cool that I got for Christmas. And then there was another one that was like, uh, it was like from the Egyptian themed series yeah. of, of Lego sets. Um, and I had the one that was like the Sphinx that had like this whole cool like trapdoor system and all this crazy stuff going on with it. That one was super awesome. But Legos in general, like to this day, I have um, like one of the coolest Christmas gifts. I, I forgot about this because this was totally a Christmas slash birthday gift because it was that expensive. So it, it deserved to be both. Um, for my friend Kevin, he bought me one of the big, nice 
uh, Millennium Falcon Lego oh, sets. And this was like this was like five years ago. So this is like me as an adult. So yeah. Like we were in college, and he bought this for me, and it's still like it's it's legit. And you guys have seen it because I have like I use it yeah. as decor in my house. Um, so like I, I still to this day, and like a lot of the um Marvel sets that have come out with all of the MCU films, I've now started collecting a lot of those, and I just use them as like they're basically like my house is decorated with Lego decor all over the place. It's just a bunch of Lego Lego sets and, and minifigures like, and stuff. And I have... I think because of nerd culture, they have come out with more complex sets that have become collector's items because I got the Hogwarts right. set when I was in high school when all of those movies started coming out. And it I, we still right. have it. It's, it's, um, it's in storage right now. But when we set it up, it's a, it's a big deal. See, I think the right. fanciest one that I ever got was the Indiana Jones kind of one. Yeah, that one ones. was really fun. Mm. Yeah, I got like the medium-sized one, mm-hmm. and I bought it with my own hard-earned money, and it was... From selling cough drops? Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> Black market cough drops. You go, did you spring for the spearmint ones this time? <laughs> nope, cherry or, cherry or bust. Ashley, was there one particular gift? Yeah. That well, all joking aside. Yeah, well, it was it this it struck my memory when um we started talking about brain warp because I got it the same year. There was like a grouping of gifts um that I received the same crush this that that same Christmas. It was it was brain warp and then a a <laughs> A Green Bay Packers gaming chair that was like a rocker, but it was like on the ground. It was one of those old school gaming chairs yep. that was like, if you right. rock back, it would rock you all the way back and you'd flip out of it. <laughs> right. Which was most of the fun of owning one of right, those. Right, exactly. And we'd always sit <laughs> in it wrong and flip all over the place. It was a really fun chair. Um, man, I wish I still had that thing. Even though I'm not a Packers fan, that chair was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, but that same year, I also received a Game Boy Color. And this ah. was a th- th- this I think informs a lot of my nerdiness because it was the first time really aside from cuz my mom had the um the Game Boy that came when they started taking the Game Boy and then they started instead of the slate gray color, they started making like the yellow one. Yep. And the red one. Mm. So my mom got the yellow one and we played Tetris 2. Not not the first Tetris, Tetris 2 on it. But it still wasn't like mine. It was my mom's. So then when I got the Game Boy Color, that was mine. And I when I was a kid, I was a really shy gamer. So I'd get really upset and really embarrassed anytime I'd make a mistake in a game. And then I'd rage quit. Not because I didn't want to play the game, but because I felt really dumb about having make, made a mistake and not looking like I knew what I was doing. Mm. Classic Ashley behavior. (laughs) Um, So in having a Game Boy of my own, I could play video games without being watched the entire time, which made me a more confident gamer and made me realize, oh, I actually do like video gaming. And also, it's okay if you make mistakes. That's part of it. Because one of the games that came with the Game Boy Color uh, was Super Mario. Um, Sure. And so like, the farther you progress in the game, obviously the harder it gets. So like you're going to be making mistakes all the time. Um, and so that kind of opened up gaming for me because I was no longer just like the, the girl cousin who couldn't hack it. 
because now I could practice in my own time and grow confident in my own gaming skills without having to like demonstrate it immediately or you know not have to be embarrassed if a scene in a in a video game freaked me out because don't even get me started on Tomb Raider um <laughs> but uh but that was like I think if anything were to have sh- really shaped me nerd wise that was like a big turning point for me sure mm-hmm like there are countless toys and gifts and stuff from from Christmases as a kid that were stepping stones, but that one is distinct in my memory as this is the reason why. No, that makes total sense. Like I remember, we got the original Slate Gray Game Boy, which mm-hmm. we actually still have. We actually have the yellow one and the Slate Gray yeah, here at the we, house. We we collected basically all of the gaming things people didn't want and said, "Yeah, we'll take those." <laughs> we have so many of them now. I think we've got four old school Game Boys, one Game Boy Advance. We've got our um, DSs, mm-hmm. and like we've just got a bunch of Game Boy stuff. We just don't really use them too much because it's not really our medium. But I remember when we got Game Boy and started playing things like Paperboy, and then we I got the original. It's when all of my secondhand gaming started mm-hmm. and I would just accumulate other people's older systems and I just made it a habit. And so it started the collectorness of recognizing game systems that people have left behind that still had value and still had fun things to do. So I started collecting them. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up with like a fully decked out Game Boy Color, like the one that had the modem hookup with it so you could actually yeah. connect to the internet off oh of your gosh. Game Boy. Oh, you fancy, huh? I, I had that. I had the Game Sharks. Like, I, just, oh. I had all of them. Wow. And See, I was just excited to have a rumble pack. <laughs> I mean, I had that too. Like, I had the winged, yeah. like, battery pack right. that had, like, eight batteries in it so you could play yep. it forever on a car yes, ride. I remember having that because I remember... One year I got um, the Pokemon Pinball. Yep. And that had a Rumble Pack in it. So I wanted to play that constantly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Kevin had that game too. So we would trade that back and forth and (laughs) and he'd let me borrow it and play it all the time. But that was a good one. The Game Boy and the evolution of getting different iterations of Pokemon and then subsequently like getting secondhand like Pokemon guides. Mm -hmm. So I would buy the guide so you could find all the stuff. And so we just sit there reading the guide and, and learning more about the world and learning where secrets were and how you do secret things. Yes. I remember going into, it wasn't KB Toy. It was called Toy Works, actually. I just remembered. And they oh, had all KB those. KB Toys. Yeah. Yep. Like, I remember KB Toys, but Toy Works was the place that had the rack of gaming guides. And so, like, I would try to surreptitiously act like I was going to buy one and I'd take it with me and then go into another aisle and try to, like, memorize where things were and be like oh never mind i i'm not gonna buy this bye see ours was called the closest one to us before they moved into decal was rockford and it was called funco land and <laughs> it's where we ended up buying dave and i would pool our christmas money and stuff to buy game systems mm-hmm. so we bought um, a regular Nintendo off of a friend, and then we jointly purchased an SNES and then an N64, 
and a PlayStation, like we bought, we would both just pool our money together so we could buy these things. And, but it all goes back to, for me, Game Boy, because that's what started kind of the obsession of like, oh, this is fun. Yeah. And there's like, there was the collection element that especially as everyone started moving on from all the things like, but those are still perfectly good. Do you still want them? No, I will take them. And I would just accumulate all of this Game Boy paraphernalia. Like it and so we still have a ton of it too. Yeah. But yeah, for me, like getting the original Game Boy complete with my teeth marks of rage on <laughs> Wait, I've, I've mentioned this before. I know, I've it just forgotten. it was the only thing for some reason biting things is how I let out frustration <laughs> as a child. Like it just didn't have any other way to process it. <laughs> I'm really terrified of any children that we're gonna have. <laughs> oh, but you keep listing all the the Game Boy paraphernalia you have. We really could we could make a, a mobile. Of all the old Game Boys, it's really own. true. We're I, only I can missing imagine. a few. It's it's sad the amount of plastic just sitting in a box. Yep. Well, that was an adventure into the past, guys. It sure was. Christmas takes you back to the past. Everyone returns to childhood just a little bit. The magic of Christmas morning. Well, you certainly do. Oh, yeah. Like, I was up at 7 a.m. to make coffee <laughs> in the giant cinnamon roll and start the fire and turn on our tiny trees Christmas lights. But to be honest, you were just trying to butter me up, so I would say yes to opening gifts right away. Yes. Gifts that, let me add, <laughs> we hadn't even wrapped yet. <laughs> we'd been too busy to get them wrapped and so we both wrapped them and then about 10 minutes later undid said wrapping to open the presents i i do have to admit i was kind of in the same boat even this year and it was it was funny because it wasn't that i woke up early it was that i couldn't fall asleep and i'm lying there getting really annoyed with myself going this is ridiculous because it was funny i wasn't even thinking about like christmas presents i was actually thinking about the podcast like just like <laughs> i i was i was hardcore buzzing after we recorded our saint nicholas episode and then i just was just like well, daydreaming, but in bed um, about like podcast stuff. And I just couldn't fall asleep for the longest time. And I was getting so annoyed. And then I realized that I did what I always do. And I had been drinking rum and Coke all evening. And I was like, well, duh. So now I'm caffeinated as all get out. No wonder I'm not sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> so I, it was a very interesting like I can't tell you how many times that happens where I just get like excited about something and then I can't sleep and then I that's when I remember oh right I was drinking caffeine like two hours ago that's why I'm not sleeping <sighs> it's one of the most Kyle things I've ever heard <laughs> Manny Persans do you have Christmas presents and things that defined who you became as an adult did they that defined your nerdiness we would love to hear about them minmaxpod at gmail.com minmaxpod on all the socials except reddit where we're slash you slash minmaxpodcast 773-789-9369 is the voicemail number for voicemails three minutes or less anything longer than that record the audio file and send that over to the email address I'm at Alan H. Mowers on Twitter Ashley's at D-E-E-D-E-E underscore K Kyle's at Stainbrook Kyle 
Happy New Year.